Chapter Sixteen of Miss D. Dunmore Bryant by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Eben lends a hand. While Daisy's business was getting into such a satisfactory shape, matters were by no means standing still with her brother Ben. With Mister Reynolds, business was very brisk. Ben spent not only his evenings but a large part of his afternoons and occasionally a morning in helping he made great strides during this time in the management of the typewriter and mimeograph moreover he was learning incidentally a good deal about business methods which would be sure to prove valuable in days to come it was a very pleasant life to live and ben enjoyed every minute of it but between times had his hours of anxiety mr reynolds was soon to depart and with him would go his wonder-working machines and the occupation which now brought ben in quite a little sum of money after that what was to be done i've learned a good deal he told himself mournfully but after all it is not anything which will help us live after he is gone i'll have a machine some time but of course it will be years yet and i'm sure i don't see what we are going to live on while i'm earning one nor how I'm to earn one anyhow, unless I get steady work somewhere. It's a good deal, as Rufus says, to look at it from the outside. Wasting time, he says I am. Perhaps if I had anything in life to do that would bring in the money for mother, I might think so, but as it is, my conscience is free. This is about as far as his anxious thinking and reasoning reached. He always brought up against what he called a stone wall, which he could not see over and always decided that there was nothing to do but get what he could from mr reynolds and be as helpful as he could in return and wait for the way out of his perplexities meantime the way out was preparing all about him though he had not an idea of it three people were already very much interested in him miss webster mr reynolds and the minister from time to time they talked together about his affairs and made plans for him at least miss webster and the minister did and certain matters were in train at the time when a fourth friend appeared on the scene it happened that d dunmore herself had to do with this last experience she was on her way to the doll emporium it was nearly two weeks after the establishment of that important business and d it must be confessed was a good customer and spent much time there as she turned the corner and came to main street trouble began it happened that eben was out for a walk that morning all by himself now eben you will remember was a very wise dog and ought to have known better than to have lent himself to any such scheme as he did but even dogs will sometimes make mistakes and there is this to say for eben it was a mistake not malice aforethought the same cannot be said for the smith boys they turned the corner from the opposite street just as d did and met eben and her at the same moment they saw the little girl stop short bestow a doubtful troubled look on eben then go to the very outermost edge of the walk leaving him the whole broad sidewalk and prepare to pass him with great caution now the smith boys had made friends with eben and knew most of his wise ways 
here's fun said joe chuckling low little miss perky is afraid of eben let's get him to show off and see if we can take some of the starch out of her little miss perky meant d of course it was a name the smith boys had given her the first time they came in close contact with her at which time they had declared that she was stuck up why i do not know unless it was because her dress was very neat and her manners ladylike however it might have been revenge for having overheard her say speaking of them that she didn't like to have much to do with boys who had such very dirty hands still i do not know i am sure whether malice or only thoughtless mischief moved the smith boys on this morning the actions which spring from these two sources are often so very much alike as to make it difficult for a looker-on to judge this i know that the boys having whispered together a few minutes following d at a little distance as did also the stately eben called the latter and gave orders to him in low tones to shake hands with the little girl immediately eben tried to obey he trotted on fast and d as she heard his swift steps behind her tried to walk faster her heart beating hard the while but eben could trot faster than she could walk a moment more and his great paw was resting on her arm she meanwhile giving forth a terrific shriek and the smith boys bending double with laughter kiss her shouted joe between the bursts of merriment kiss her eben that's a good fellow and to d's unutterable horror eben's great red tongue came up and tried to lick her cheek just what would have happened next whether d in her awful terror would have fainted or gone into a fit i cannot tell for at that particular instant while she seemed fairly paralyzed with fear came a clear ringing voice from across the street whose owner took long strides toward them as he spoke off eben off i say come here sir don't be frightened little girl he would not hurt you for the world as for you joe and ted smith see if i don't report you to professor kelly before you are two hours older it was ben bryant who made these several speeches and the little girl who was now leaning against him too weak to walk and sobbing violently was d dunmore he was sure although he had not been at home when she made her calls on daisy and had never seen her before don't cry he said gently stroking back the wind-blown hair as he would have done daisy's own it was too bad to frighten you so eben is a grand good dog he would have behaved like a gentleman if those scamps hadn't told him to pretend he was well acquainted with you here sir don't you try to make friends yet you've been too bold altogether trying to kiss a stranger on the street too i'm ashamed of you go home sir and tell your mistress what you have done frightened as d was and still trembling so that she could not walk she could hardly help a faint smile over the ashamed and utterly discouraged way in which eben with slow steps and drooping tail turned on receiving these orders and walked away in the opposite direction from which he had been going he minds she said faintly oh yes eben always minds he is a good friend of mine i don't often have to scold him it is really the smith boys who need the scolding this time the young scamps 
what is all this asked a quick voice behind them my daughter what is the matter oh papa said d making one spring from ben's protecting arm into her father's hold me close papa i can't help trembling yet though i know there is no danger now this good boy would not let them hurt me oh papa and then d began to cry it was ben who had to explain which he did very briefly sparing eben's feelings all he could but not sparing the smith boys he said little about himself but d between her sobs helped out the story in that respect and papa he came across the street fast and called the dog and made him take his dreadful tongue away here d shuddered and oh papa i should have died i'm almost sure if he hadn't come that very second it was really quite embarrassing d was so grateful and her father who used less words seemed also so very glad that his little daughter had found a friend that ben who felt that he was being thanked for almost nothing was in blushing haste to get away i must go on he said quickly could the little girl walk with me to where she is going sir i will take care of her thank you said judge dunmore smiling i came out to join her in her walk but i am obliged to you for your thoughtful offer do you know who i am my friend yes sir i think you are judge dunmore i have seen you on the street then you are better off than i for i do not know your name will you tell my daughter and me who we have to thank for thoughtful kindness and care this morning my name said ben straightening himself as he unconsciously did whenever he spoke the name for which he had a great deal of respect is benjamin foster bryant but i don't want any thanks i haven't done anything almost before he had finished his sentence d had broken away from her father excitement and pleasure rapidly taking the place of fright and dashed over to ben's side again why papa she said it is daisy's good brother ben daisy says he is the best and dearest brother in all the world and i'm sure he is i'm sure of it i don't doubt it in the least said judge dunmore laughing heartily we are very glad to make your acquaintance benjamin and glad to learn that you belong to little daisy whom we love now i shall know where to look for you and will not detain you longer ben went away wondering why he would care to look for him and wondering just what he ought to tell professor kelly about those scamps of boys and wondering what miss webster would say when she heard of eben's adventure it was this little incident which made judge dunmore seek not ben but ben's acquaintances and ask some questions among others he chanced upon ben's former employer doesn't amount to much said that gentleman with a significant toss of his head what is his distinctive quality judge dunmore asked shirking whereupon the judge raised his eyebrows in surprise i should not have supposed that he said thoughtfully he seemed to me a boy who had a good deal of energy energy enough only he doesn't like to apply it to steady work he had a good place with me and i would have done well by him i meant to and what did he do but up and leave me on short notice no other place in view either hasn't had a place since 
and won't be likely to get one very soon good places are not common for youngsters with no more training for work than he has had especially if they cannot stick when they get them but what reason did he give for such an extraordinary proceeding he must have had some explanation to offer mr sewell shrugged his shoulders and laughed the queerest excuse you ever heard of he said and the flimsiest of course i took it for what it was worth and knew that it ought to be spelled for l-a-z-i-n-e-s-s -S, for that was what it meant why he took a notion to make believe scared at an innocent-looking cider barrel which stands in the corner of my back room he had nothing to do with it never had to wait on customers even unless it was now and then a boy but all of a sudden he got up an idea that selling cider wasn't the correct thing and off he went did he indeed said judge dunmore with a smile on his face and a good deal of pleasure in his voice that was certainly a very unusual step for a boy of his age where did you say you thought i might find him so i told him putting on airs and making himself out wiser and better than his elders why i think you will find him hanging around that mr reynolds who is here canvassing he has a room at the widow kedwin's on second street and ben has got bewitched over some fool machine or other which he carries about with him wastes half of his time there i guess it is a great shame and his mother a widow and struggling to make a living i was willing to do well by the boy as i said if he hadn't been such a born idiot good morning said judge dunmore lifting his hat in a courteous way and moving down the street with rapid step it happened that he was particularly interested in just such idiots as ben bryant had been his next call was on mr reynolds though ben was not there he had been sent to the express office with an important package mr reynolds was however in his bicycle dress making ready for a long trip the typewriter was packed and in fact it was that which ben with his sorrowful heart was carrying to the express office little laura kedwin and eben came together to announce judge dunmore good morning said mr reynolds glancing around laura i don't believe i can receive you and eben this morning i'm very busy it's too bad i'd like nothing better than a frolic with both of you but i must get these papers done in time for the noon train we didn't come for ourselves laura explained we came to show a gentleman the way he wants you ah i beg your pardon said mr reynolds rising in haste to meet judge dunmore whose handsome face now came into view he is a splendid young fellow said mr reynolds heartily as soon as he heard the object of judge dunmore's call i never met a boy in whom i was more interested he is smart too as well as faithful and in earnest i've been uncommonly busy since i came to this town and that boy has helped me more than the young man of about my own age who used to travel with me ever did in the same length of time and he understood the business too of course it was all new to ben poor fellow his heart is heavy this morning he has just taken his treasure on a wheelbarrow and trudged away to the depot does he know how to manage a typewriter judge dunmore asked after he had asked several other questions he certainly does 
better than some who have had a half year's drill he is uncommonly quick at taking up new things as well as uncommonly persevering why he made a board imitation of the lettering and practiced on it evenings at home the consequence was the next time he came he astonished me by making the machine go like lightning i call that an original idea it seems to me he ought to be in school judge dunmore said in a reflective tone that's exactly where he ought to be and there is a good school here where he could do well if he had a chance the girl ought to be there too but i suspect it can hardly be managed at present the girl interrupted his caller what girl little daisy there is enough time for her she may better play with her dollies a year or two yet than be confined to the schoolroom no no i don't mean her i mean the older sister thirteen or so perhaps a smart girl and a constant companion and friend of ben's he doesn't like to do anything in which line as he calls her doesn't have a share why she worked at this fingerboard with him until actually the first time she saw the typewriter she sat down to it like an old hand and wrote with remarkable correctness and a good degree of speed so there are two of them eh there must be a somewhat unusual mother oh there is my landlady says she is one of em which seems to be a mysterious way of conveying high praise he laughed with his mouth and his eyes and judge dunmore joined him merrily then mr reynolds began to talk again yes there are certainly two of them and they ought to be in school but the mother is poor has a little place burdened with debt i am told and these two have to stay at home and help all they can besides miss webster tells me it is a question of clothes though i think she has some scheme in mind to manage that part i have a little plan but i don't know that i can carry it out for years yet and by that time it will not be needed for i hope to see ben in congress or somewhere by the time i'm able to help him i'm young you see and have had quite a tussle for ways and means myself here his frank eyes met judge dunmore's keen gray ones and that gentleman nodded sympathetically so you see my little plan though a good one i do believe will have to wait perhaps not suppose you tell me about it i'm interested in the young people my little daughter and miss daisy are great friends besides i owe young benjamin himself a vote of thanks for a bit of work he did for me only yesterday whereupon he told the story of the smith boys and eben then mr reynolds talked eagerly describing his little plan i'm pretty sure it would work he said after giving much information and answering all questions i meant to try to work it up in some way if i stayed here but this order from headquarters to return to new york at once has upset a good many of my schemes as well as ben's you would have felt sorry for the boy if you could have seen his face when he was getting the typewriter ready to travel he feels that he is bidding good-bye to a friend as mr reynolds returned from showing his collar to the door a short time afterwards he stopped to pat eben on the head and say confidentially you mustn't kiss the girls old fellow unless they themselves ask it don't you know that however we won't scold you this time for i shouldn't wonder if you had made a pretty good morning's work out of it
and he laughed his bright, glad laugh. End of chapter 16